This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This episode of All the Books is sponsored by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is, as you have heard if you've been listening to this show for a while, the most comfortable bra I've ever owned, the most comfortable bra Liberty's ever owned. It is made out of super soft memory foam that molds to your shape. It gives you the perfect fit for you, no matter who you are. Third Love stands behind this product so much that they're willing to let our All the Books listeners try out the bra for free for 30 days. If you love it, you keep it and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back, your card will not be charged, and you'll know something new about bra shopping. But we're pretty sure that you're going to love it. So start your free trial now by going to thirdlove.com slash books. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 47, and today we are talking about books released on March 29th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here is my fellow well redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Reunited and it feels so good. I got my baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> Hi, baby. Hi. I can't believe that we went 40-something episodes without being separated at all. I think that's a record. I know, it's crazy for me and I missed you so much. I missed you, but you had awesome adventures. I did. It was really I was in New Zealand. It was really fun and beautiful and bonkers and I'm officially over my jet lag, I think. So, yeah. I also I told Jeff on the mainline show, I only read one book the whole time that I was gone. Like I didn't actually read it all during vacation because there was just so much other stuff to do. So, I'm happy to be home and like I'm really not happy that my vacation is over, but I'm glad that I'm home and I'm back in the book swing and back together with you because I missed you. You did a great job, of course, while I was gone. Well, thank um, you. It was really Jen and Amanda. They were awesome. Well, they are awesome, too. And it was fun to listen to you guys together. Um, but before we get started, as we are recording this show right now, the Book Riot Live tickets are going on sale. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to give that a quick shout. Book Riot Live is going to be in uh, New York again this year. It's November 12th and 13th. You can go to bookriotlive.com for all the early ticket info. If you register before June, you get the full weekend pass for $129, which is $40 off full price. You get a free Book Riot Live water bottle so you can stay hydrated because that's important. You'll get to RSVP first for special programs and you'll get the first crack at tickets for our Saturday night cocktail party in the Strands Rare Book room and many more things and we are going to do another live edition of this show oh boy at book riot live i know we made it through the first one so yeah that like, was so much fun well, i was, possibly I was terrified but it was so much fun <laughs> it was great uh so we'll be there we'd love it for you guys to be there and as we know more about the event we have more things to announce we'll tell you of course but bookriotlive.com for early tickets yay yay so now let's, let's do all the books it's time yeah it's time to talk about books now Yes. Although I could just talk about your vacation the whole time. But, you know, <laughs> I would we'll be happy. Another show. I would be happy to talk to you about all of the things that I like got into and jumped off of. But that's not why we're here today. All right. 
I will tell you about my first book Take because it is awesome. It's called Relief Map by Rosalie Necht. I think that's how you say her name. It's K-N-E-C-H-T. That sounds right. Yeah, it's coming out from Tin House, one of my favorite publishers, and it's marvelous. It's about a 16-year-old girl named Livy Marco, and she is living in Pennsylvania. They live in this sleepy little town in the middle of a valley. Um, it's summertime. She's spending her days babysitting and waitressing, making a little money, hanging out with her best friend Nelson, who's also 16. Um, things are a little different between them this summer because they are 16, and they've always just been best friends, but now it's like a little weird boy and girl, you know, sort of relationship. Um, so one day while she's babysitting, the power goes out um, and doesn't come back on. And everyone's kind of cranky about that. And they're really hot because the AC isn't working. And the next morning she gets up to go to a dentist appointment with her dad. He's driving her and they encounter a roadblock. And it turns out that the FBI are looking for a fugitive from the Republic of Georgia who is said to be hiding in their town. And no one is able to leave or enter the town until they find him. They subsequently cut off the phone lines as well. So now here's this town with no power and no phone lines. And it's super hot out. Um, and they're just, like, waiting for what happens next. You also get to learn a little bit about the fugitive himself. Uh, some of the book is narrated from his perspective. And as the days go on, everyone's patience is running out. People are really hot and restless and bored and they're getting angry. People can't go to their jobs and they're worried about getting fired. People can't come home from their jobs and see their loved ones. People are running out of their medications. Um, and Livy's parents are really aggravated by the police presence. They're old hippies and they're furiously cleaning their house and hiding everything because everyone's houses are being searched. Um, and Livy and Nelson get mixed up in a little something bad that they that they happen to do like while they're waiting for all this to end. And just people's fears and tempers are rising. And it turns out that the town will probably never go back to the way it was after this is over. And it's just, it's so fantastic. The writing is so fantastic. I was reading it and I realized like a third of the way in that barely anything had happened. But it was so fascinating. Like her writing is so beautiful. And like, I just, I was under its spell. Like it was just so fantastic. Um, and I don't want to give anything else away, so I'll just tell you again. It is called Relief Map, and it's by Rosalie Necht. That's so magic when that happens. Yeah, it was great. So cool. Uh, my first pick this week is called Girls and Sex, Navigating the Complicated New Landscape by Peggy Orenstein. I think I might have mentioned that it, I was reading it soon uh, in a previous episode. I loved Orenstein's book, um, Cinderella Ate My Daughter, which was about, uh, she calls it the princess industrial complex. Uh, and this is a look at older girls, uh, college-aged women, and what's going on in their sexual lives now, generated by the, like Peggy Orenstein is in her her, I think she's in her 50s. Um, and this is generated by her recognition that there's a gap between the sexual experiences and the sexual and social landscape that college-age women now experienced and the one that their parents experienced and might know how to talk to them about. Um, and as I read, it became really clear to me that there's even a gap between uh, the experiences that young women in their early 20s are having and the you know experiences and the landscape that I faced when I was in college just 10 years ago. Um, some of that has to do with technology, with the internet, with how pervasive porn is, with texting. Some of it has to do with politics and education and the confluence of all these factors that really add up to the fact that we're not doing a good job and we've never really done a good job teaching girls and young women uh, what to expect from 
sexual experiences and that pleasure is a thing that they have a right to, um, that sex should be fun uh, and that it should be satisfying for them. And so girls in sexual encounters come across all of the things that they're socialized to do in their regular lives, like to decrease friction and to say yes, uh, so that people like them. Uh, and then you've got hookup culture and the use of alcohol and there's pervasive rape culture. And so Orenstein is looking at really like what is the full landscape um, of being a young woman who wants to have a sex life today. She interviews more than 70 young women. She pulls together extensive research that looks at the sexual experiences that young women are having, how they feel about them, uh, what role coercion and rape uh, and sexual assault play uh, on college campuses and in young women's lives today. And she's asking, she's first stating, we have a problem. Uh, very few young women go into encounters expecting it to be pleasurable um, or feeling that pleasure is a thing they're entitled to demand or to expect um, from their partners where boys and young men, most of them go into the encounter expecting that it will be pleasurable or, you know, feeling that they have a right to hope and demand that it will be. And there are all kinds of societal factors for that. So Orenstein pulls those things apart. And then at the end of the book, she starts to look at what should we and might we be doing differently to turn things around and try to change a bunch of the factors that lead to uh, that lead to young women not having satisfying sex lives that contribute to uh, pervasive sexual assault and rape culture. It's fascinating. It's a little bit hand-wringing, I will admit that. Um, there's a touch of like worrying about the kids today. Um, and Ornstein is really fascinated by how these young women that she interviews talk about casual sex in particular. They talk about how it can be so liberating to, you know, just be able to have sexual needs met and to have a casual hookup without having to care about the other person, without having to get involved in feelings. But the research shows that so few of the encounters they're having are actually pleasurable that she's left scratching her head about what's going on there and what's the motivation to continue participating in those things. I really wished that the she's a great journalist and she asks wonderful, excellent, smart questions. And I really wish that the last third of the book had been expanded into a whole nother book about, okay, like, here's the plan. Here is the new plan for talking to girls and young women, but also for talking to boys and young men, because if anything's going to change, they have to change too, um, about what sex is and what sex can be, um, and what consent means and what pleasure, what role pleasure plays. Um, it, it's a great read. I think it's really important if you work with uh, kids or young people at all, or if you're a parent, there are important questions uh, to pull up in here that could shape the way that you think about and talk to your kids about um, their bodies and sex and their relationships with other people. Um, I don't have kids. I would be terrified to take on a bunch of these conversations, but, uh, you know, the birds and the bees and things that everybody encounters in life. Um, I think there's real potential in this book to raise questions that could change the ways that we as a society approach major important issues. And so um, I highly recommend it's imperfect, but it's wonderful still. Uh, Girls and Sex Navigating the Complicated New Landscape by Peggy Orenstein. Well, all right. Mm hmm. Now that we... was ra- that was rambly. I was like, there's this thing and there's no. this other thing. But there's a, there's just so much to this book. Yeah, it's fascinating. And sorry, we didn't <laughs> warn you that we were going to talk about sex at the top of the show i hope your kids aren't in the car <laughs> we kind of like stopped we're like huh <laughs> we led with a bra <laughs> what's next on your list oh actually wait we have a sponsor that's why i stopped but like if you want me to keep going that's fine 
<laughs> I am not all the way back in the saddle, obviously. That's okay. um, our episode this week is sponsored by Burn Baby Burn by Meg Medina. I am thrilled that they came on as a sponsor because uh, I mentioned, I think last month, that I loved this book when it came out. It's about Nora Lopez. She is a 17-year-old during the infamous New York summer of 1977 when the city is besieged by arson, a massive blackout, and the serial killer Son of Sam has been shooting young women on the streets. Uh, Nora's family life is not not going so well. Her brother is bullying her and he grows more threatening by the day. Her mother is helpless, is falling behind on rent, and her father calls only on the holidays. Um, all Nora really wants is to turn 18 and be on her own. She just wants to get out, get a job, get an apartment, and do her own thing. Um, and there is, though, a cute new guy who started working with her at the deli, but she's wondering if dating is even worth the risk when the killer likes picking off couples who stay out too late. Meg Medina has packed so many things into this story. Uh, this is a diverse title with a Hispanic protagonist. If you're uh, focusing on adding inclusivity and great representation to your reading life, this will ring those bells. It's a family drama, a coming of age story, and there's young romance and it all happens against this backdrop of a dangerous and memorable now historical moment in New York City history. Um, it's really rich also with cultural and historical detail. Um, Meg Medina has clearly done her reading on what it was like to be a teenager in New York in the summer of 1977, but it's woven into the story so beautifully. There's never that like, here is all the research that I did. The world just feels so rich and full and believable. You you just feel like you got uh, picked up by a time machine and dropped into New York in the 70s. Uh, if it sounds good to you, and we certainly hope that it does, we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, and again, the title is Burn Baby Burn by Meg Medina. Thanks to them and for, uh, to Candlewick for sponsoring. Now I will tell you about a book. Okay, get us back on track. Okay, my next book is called The Little Red Chairs by Edna O'Brien. I am so totally ashamed. I know I shouldn't be ashamed, but I am a little ashamed to admit that I've never read her. She has, like, a very extensive backlist, and I've always heard amazing things, and I've just never gotten around to her. So I'm so glad that I read this one. Um, as the book opens, there's a little paragraph that explains the title of, which is, again, The Little Red Chairs that I'm just, I want to read to you. It says... On the 6th of April 2012, to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the start of the siege of Sarajevo by Bosnian Serb forces, 11,541 red chairs were laid out in rows along the 800 meters of the Sarajevo High Street, one empty chair for every Sarajevan killed during the 1,425 days of siege. So that, you go into the book with that, like, hanging over you. Um, but it actually opens in this, like, really delightful, charming way. There's... It's a small town in Ireland, which I'm going to botch the name completely. I know I am, but it's Clunoila. It's like C-L-O-O-N-O-I-L-A. Anyway, this tall, dark, handsome stranger, of course, uh, appears at this pub and he's asking about lodgings. Um, and after he leaves all the people in the town, because it's a very small town, they run and all join together at the bar. They want to, like, talk about him and ask the bartender all these questions, like, what did he say? Where is he from? Blah, blah, blah. So it turns out his name is Vladimir Dragon. And he claims... <laughs> good name, good name. Yeah. He claims to be a holistic healer from the Balkans, and he is looking to set up shop in town as a sex therapist, which the the town's priest is not all that excited about. Um and he crosses paths with Fidelima McBride, or Fidelma, I'm sorry, I'm reading it wrong, Fidelma McBride, or she's more commonly called Fifi, um, and she has a room for him to rent at her place, and she finds him very charming and interesting, and he helps her find her dog, so she takes him in, 
Um, and they establish a relationship that helps Fifi sort of heal this loneliness that's been in her life since her last tenant left. Um, and until they have this like great relationship, great friendship, you know, the townspeople are charmed by him um, until the morning that Dr. Vlad is arrested and revealed to be a notorious war criminal and mass murderer. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. So uh, it, the book then shifts gears into how this uh, revelation affects the townspeople um, who feel like their trust has been betrayed and they're just horrified that this man was in their town um, and also how it affects Fifi. She feels those things and she's also just completely devastated and it's just a really beautiful, beautiful book. Um, she reminds me a lot of Fiona McFarlane or uh, Maggie O'Farrell. Oh, I love Maggie O'Farrell. A little bit. Catherine O'Flynn also. Um, and it's just about like humans' capacity for evil and also humans' capacity to love. And it, it you know, it's super heavy, right? Because you have, like, I read you that paragraph. Right. I know it's really heavy, but it's also really charming and wonderful. Um, I really loved the village. I loved the villagers. Um, I'm a big fan of like quirky little small Irish villages, a big fan of Father Ted. So I was right there with it. I was on board. Um, but it's just it's it's incredible. Again, it's called The Little Red Chairs by Edna O'Brien. I have never read her either. So we can have a party. All right. For the list of those authors that you're supposed to have read that you never have. <laughs> I mentioned the other day that I hadn't read Jumpa Lahiri and. Um, one of the people from Knopf, I thought they were going to just faint dead away. <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> I mean, everybody has these like so-called yeah. shameful, I haven't read that person yet, because there's no way to have read everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just... Hi, Cameron. I'll read her soon, I promise. Oh, sorry, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> she is good. One of my very favorite short stories ever is in Interpreter of Maladies. That's the one I'll read then. Okay. Uh, my next pick this week is a romance. It's Because of Miss Bridgerton by Julia Quinn. Uh, if you have been following romance for a little while, you, I'm sure, are aware of Quinn's Bridgerton series. Uh, there were eight books, each one about one of the eight Bridgerton siblings who were named alphabetically. You know, the oldest one had an A name, and then the second one had a B name, and so on. Uh, and we got to see them, brothers and sisters, in their romantic relationships with the other people in the town. Of course, not with each other, because it's not that kind of book. Where? <laughs> why? What is happening today? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Uh, so the series concluded. Quinn, Julia Quinn, wrote the eighth siblings book, and romance fans were very concerned that that was going to be the end of the Bridgertons. But this is a prequel, and it goes back to their parents' generation. It's not about the parents who gave birth to the eight Bridgerton siblings, but it's that generation. We get to see, you know, some shots of them uh, in their young life. If you are a longtime fan of Julia Quinn, you're going to love this, of course, because you're getting a deeper look into what came before these stories that you loved. Uh, if you are new to romance or new to Julia Quinn, or you've only read a couple of the Bridgertons or whatever, like you are still going to do just fine. Um, it's at Julia Quinn is just reliably excellent Regency romance. It's sort of middle of the road for steaminess. Like there's not it's not super steamy, but it's not all fade to black either. You get sort of you get a moderate amount of romance scenes on the page. Uh, the stories are always really fun to read. Her characters are interesting and light like they're lighthearted, but they're not silly people. You know, they don't take themselves too seriously, um, but they are 
interesting and the world that she has created with all of these characters is just so full. I love reading her and I was really happy that there was another one. And uh, this reminds me to say, like, if you have been thinking about reading some romance, but you're intimidated by these serials, um, don't worry, because I think this is a really great thing about serialized romance is that each story, like each one of those eight sibling stories in the Bridgertons can stand on its own and it does stand on its own. Um, if you read them together, you get a little extra because you, uh, you know, you know who that guy is that pops up in the back of the party scene. Um, so the world gets a little richer that way, but you could just read a few. You could read them out of order. You could start with this prequel and then go read the last of the eight siblings, whatever. Uh, there's not really a necessary or right way to do a romance series. And if you're especially going into spring and summer thinking about trying some romance, you will not go wrong starting with Julia Quinn. Uh, this new one is Because of Miss Bridgerton. I loved it. You know how sometimes you'll read books and they have very similar storylines or like something happens in the book that happens in like the other book and they're you're like, I just read yeah. two books about cars that can fly. You know, I had <laughs> right. Like a few weeks ago, I happened to read three books in like 10 days where the big reveal was that the protagonist was actually dating her brother. Oh, and I was like, what really? is going on? But what I learned is that when the parents of each person are really trying to keep them apart, that that's the giveaway right there. Like, oh. I was like, what is even happening? Yeah, it was, it was crazy. That came up in something, either something I read or watched recently, but now I can't remember. What no, it was. was a book. It was, I read one of the books that you read. Oh, so, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now yeah. I remember. That was the yep. first one. <laughs> I didn't learn from that. <laughs> right. And now I'm like, we didn't talk about that when I nope. talked about the title on the show because it's a reveal. That's right. So I was like, oh, my. <laughs> I don't think that that happens as much in real life as it happens in fiction. I certainly no, hope not. No, I hope not. <laughs> People aren't like accidentally matching with their unknown half brother on Tinder or something. Uh God, that'd be horrifying. This is a hot mess. <laughs> today on a very special episode of all the books. Okay, well, today is a very special episode, and I will tell you why. Because you were away on vacation, really busy, like, jumping off things and swimming with worms and stuff that, like, <laughs> you didn't have as much time to read, so we're giving you a little break today. So instead of talking about all new books coming out on Tuesday, we are now going to discuss a couple of books that we love who whose authors have books coming out later this year that we're excited yes. about. Did I say that right? You did, and I'm very thankful for you taking it easy on me. Well, I, first of all, of course, I love you. I will do anything you want. But also, I'm so excited to talk about these books. So uh, I'm going to kick it off. Do it, do it. Um, with Colson Whitehead. Uh, I love him. love everything he's written. Um, he has a new book coming out September 13th called The Underground Railroad. This book destroyed me. I have already read this one. You um, have? Oh, it just it just kills me. Um, I cried like three times in the first seven pages and then countless times oh, after that. I'm so and jealous. I still can't stop thinking about it. And it's just amazing. It's about a young slave named Cora. And she escapes from the cotton plantation that she has lived on all her life as a slave. And her mother was a slave and her grandmother was a slave. Um, and she manages to find one of the Underground Railroad's hidden stations and starts to make her way north. But she is being pursued by slave catchers. And she's, you know, just people who would do her harm surround her everywhere she goes. Um, it's 
it's just incredible. Like, I, I kind of, I'm calling, like, National Book Award. I, I'm going to call that now. Um, and Close My Head is incredible. He wrote, he, everything he writes is different. Like, uh, he wrote Zone One, which is a very literary zombie novel. Um, he wrote Apex Hides the Hurt, which is about residents of a town seeking to change the town's name. It's all very quirky and weird. Um, the Intuitionist, which is a noir involving an elevator inspector in a parallel universe. Um, and then, of course, the one about poker, where he played in Las Vegas. Um, and the one the I'm going to talk hustle. Yes. The one I'm going to talk about today um, is probably his lightest read, and it's perfect for the summer. That's coming up soon. Um, it's called Sag Harbor. And it's his semi-autobiographical novel about a boy named Benji. He is a black, upper-middle-class teenager who spends his summers in Sag Harbor with his family, um, doing all the teenager things, hanging out with his friends. They, you know, just hang around and tease each other. It's hilarious. Um, he works at an ice cream shop where I think he has a celebrity visit. I think it's Lisa Lisa comes into the shop. It's really great. Um, he has his first kiss over the summer. Um, and even though there are difficulties involving Benji's father, who is kind of a monster, um, like I said, this is his lightest work. And Benji is really sweet, and he's kind, and he's clever. Um, but the book like is never too sentimental. It never gets like super sweet, you know, like syrupy. It's just it's the perfect summer read. And also, they use the word "dag" a lot, which I had never heard before. Um, so now I refer to this as "dag harbor" <laughs> because I just always thought that was funny. Um, so it's just awesome. So again, look out for Underground Railroad out September 13th. Check out Sag Harbor now. Um, that is Colson Whitehead. Now it's your he, turn. He really is so good. And I'm so oh, jealous so that good. you've read the Underground Railroad already. Oh my goodness. Destroyed. Okay. Mine is, uh, Siddhartha Mukherjee, his book that's coming out later this year. I forgot to write down the publication date because of course, because this show is a hot mess today, <laughs> uh, but he has a new book out called The Gene. Uh, he is a physician and a writer and the book that put him on the map was an enormous debut uh, several years ago called The Emperor of All Maladies. That's a biography of cancer. Uh, and it is exactly that. He looks at uh, sort of like from earliest human awareness of cancer and treatments of it all the way to the present uh, time that he was writing and looks at what people thought about cancer, how we treated it, what it has meant to live with and die from cancer and at different points in history, how the scientific breakthroughs were discovered and developed, uh, what it's like to be a doctor who treats people who are uh, living with cancer, who deals with uh, talking to them about their deaths and being there through very difficult moments. And because he's coming at it from the perspective of really being fascinated by by the science, but also of what cancer is as an experience that people have. It's very uh, empathetic. It's a huge book. Um, and so it sounds like it would look unhelpful if you were like, but Rebecca, I'm not really into nonfiction. And I don't think I want to read a book about cancer. And I was like, well, actually, the book that's going to prove to you that you love nonfiction is this like 700 page book about cancer. Uh, but it really is the writing moves along at such a clip. Um, cancer is the central character of this story that Siddhartha Mukherjee is telling about essentially life on earth as a human uh, and how cancer has factored into our societies for as long as we've had societies. It's totally fascinating. It's one of my go-to like Swiss army recommendations when the holidays roll around for people who are looking for a nonfiction book to give someone. Uh, I know I've talked about it on the Book Riot podcast before. I don't know if I've mentioned it here before. He's just a really incredible writer. The depth of his research will knock 
knock your socks off. Uh, and this is one of those nonfiction books that uh, proves that what, even if you are just a fiction person, uh, any subject can become fascinating and relatable when the writer knows how to tell the story about that subject. And please trust me and take the risk with The Emperor of All Maladies. I just cannot recommend it enough. I've, I've revisited chapters of it and bits of it. I'm so blown away with how he put that book together. And I cannot wait to read about the gene uh, later this year. That is out May 17th. Thank you. It's um, a good thing you're here to have my back. <laughs> and I was busy looking up our our next sponsor. So did you say, did you mention that um, it won the Pulitzer? Emperor oh, no, I melodies? didn't. But Pulitzer it did win the Pulitzer. Winner! Woo! Very deservedly. Um, before I tell you about my next pick, I'm going to tell you about our next sponsor. Uh, I'm going to just tailor this to our readers because I already know that our readers love books. So I know that you're listening because you love books. Um, but you find that you never have time to read as many as you want? Uh, Audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen to the books you've been meaning to read while on the go. At the gym, during your commute, Audible.com provides over 180,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own all your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. Audible.com has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you choose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. Um, I I have not used Audible, but I believe that you have. I'm yes. putting you on the spot. Oh, yeah. I've been using Audible for several years, and I love it, uh, especially for the gym. Now that I am recommitted to my gymming life, I get through cardio by listening to awesome memoirs by celebrities. Um, I have loved Shonda Rhimes's Year of Yes, which is like having a, an awesome new best friend tell you about her life and inspire you to take more risks in your own uh, for like soupy celebrity tell-all memoirs. Rob Lowe's were really enjoyable. Um, I also listened to a bunch of like business development meant uh, organizational productivity audiobooks. I like to listen to those in the car. Um, and I will be happy to load you up with recommendations for those. Uh, if you've never listened to an audiobook and you want something really engaging, The Martian by Andy Weir is a great one. Um, I think the one for World War Z was really interesting too, because they had a bunch of different narrators for it. Sarah Vowell's uh, audiobooks that she reads herself in that wonderful singular voice of hers. Uh, that's another great way to get into nonfiction is to let Sarah Sarah Vowell guide you through on audio. Uh, and I just, I've loved my experience with Audible as well, especially this great listen guarantee. Um, seriously, you can start listening to an audiobook or you can listen to almost all of it. And if at any point in listening to the audiobook, you decide for whatever reason it's not for you, you click basically two buttons on your Audible account and you return the book. No questions asked. You get back the Audible credit that you spent to download it and you get to move on to something else. Um, and since audiobooks have the extra layer. It's not just about the content of the book, but about listening to the narrator's voice as you're going. Sometimes you can be super into the subject, but the reader is not working for you. And I've had that happen where like, I was really into the ideas that the book was about, but I would keep spacing out because the narrator wasn't very engaging. You can return the book to Audible 
and they will let you pick something else. And like people do this all the time. And it's part of how Audible works. It's it's not a thing. Uh, it's just so unusual in customer service to be able to do that. I just really love it. Uh, if you're listening, you want to give Audible a shot. They're offering a free 30-day trial membership for our listeners. So you go to audible.com slash books to start your free trial today. It shows your support for this show and it lets you get a free 30-day experiment uh, with Audible. Hit us up. I'll be happy to um, give you some more recommendations for audiobooks on Twitter if you're looking for uh, something more specific. Again, it's audible.com slash books. I'm going to have to hit you up for some recs because I've decided to take a bus to Chicago for BEA, which is 27 (laughs) hours. Holy cats. Yeah. So I don't know why, because it's cheap and I've not really seen much of the country. So I'm like, yeah, why not? So hey, audio book time because I get motion sickness. So it'll be a beautiful time of year. Yeah, I'm excited that. about that. We will we'll come up with a Liberty bus audio list. Oh, and listeners should send you recommendations, too, because our listeners have such a good sense of what we're both into at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me up on Twitter. Who's um, next on your list, lady? We're okay, my last pick is one that you're absolutely going to love if you haven't read it already. And I'm speaking I to you, I Rebecca. Um, it, uh, Kelly Luce. Kelly Luce is a fantastic writer. And she has her first novel coming out. I'm so excited. Her first novel called Pull Me Under comes out November 1st from FSG. Uh, It's about a Japanese-American woman who stabbed and killed the school bully when she was 12. Okay. 20 years later, she's living in the U.S. under a new identity when she receives a mysterious package. Combined with that and her father's recent death, it compels her to return to Japan. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Right? Um, And so... She had a collection of short stories that came out a few years ago, and I just, I fell in love with it so hard. It's called Three Scenarios in Which Hana Sasaki Grows a Tail. And <laughs> it, it arrived in the mail, and on the front it says, readers, here is your new favorite short story writer. And Elizabeth McCracken said that, and she you knows okay, she's my yep. idol and my spiritual guru, so Sold. I do. Yeah, everything she said. And I read it, and oh my goodness, it's so, so, so good. Um, the stories in this book all take place in Japan. I believe uh, Kelly spent some time there. I think she lived there for a few years. Um, all the stories are very wonderful, very unusual. Um, my favorite one, which I think is the first one, is about a woman who possesses a toaster that can tell people how they're going to die. <laughs> and like people line up to like find out. I don't know that I would want to know, but these people do. The um, toaster oracle. Exactly. That's exactly what she refers to it as. Um, really? There's, yeah, there's also an unusual karaoke place. There's, of course, the one where Hannah Sasaki grows a tail. There's one about an American who is arrested and held for days without being charged. Um, I think, which I could be making this up, but I think actually happened to Kelly Lewis at one time. Oh, wow. Um, but if you like Kelly Link or George Saunders or Amy Bender or Karen Russell... Um, these stories are incredible. She is amazing. I am so pumped for her new novel. Um, and again, it's called Three Scenarios in Which Hannah Sasaki Grows a Tale. How have I not read that book already? I don't know. It so sounds good. like it sounds perfect for me. You are right. Uh, I'm happy to end today's show talking about Mary Roach, who's Woo-hoo! speaking of authors that will get you hooked on nonfiction. Uh, she has a book coming out later this year called Grunt. That's a deep dive into uh, what it's like to go to war and sort of like the mechanics of warfare and behind the scenes. But Mary Roach does these like 
very experiential journalism things. And the her first book and the one that got me hooked on her is called Stiff, The Curious Life of Human Cadavers. And it's essentially about what all of the different things that can happen to you after you donate your body to science. And in each chapter, she goes into a different one of those. So there's like, she visits a university that buries bodies that were donated to science out in a field and keeps track of how long they've been buried and in what conditions they were buried. And then they dig them up after various periods of time to study decomposition composition and then to like contribute uh, that understanding to crime labs and forensic uses. Um, other dead bodies, uh, other cadavers get used as crash test dummies and she goes and learns about that. Uh, some And, you know, on and on and on. Uh, some of the details are kind of gruesome. Uh, you can't. Yeah. 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 Right. In a really delightful way. Like you can't have super delicate sensibilities and really love anything Mary Roach does because she dives right in and goes like straight for here is the truth about all of these things. Things, and here's like sort of the nitty gritty, uh, maybe ugly, but totally fascinating uh, under like underbellies of stuff. Uh, she has a book about sex research called Bonk that I loved. Another one called Packing for Mars about being an astronaut. And it, it includes the very important question of how do people poop in space? Um, and she is the writer of the very best footnotes in contemporary narrative nonfiction. I think she will go so far to make a joke uh, in a footnote. You just have to appreciate it. Uh, but Stiff is totally fascinating. It was one of the first uh, works of creative nonfiction that I read or of narrative nonfiction that I read when I was uh, newly like out of college and looking for how to be an adult reading about the world. And I was like, oh, but it can be fun. Uh, she just so delights in learning about her subject and then conveying what she's learned. It's a, it's a blast. Um, I'm really interested to see what she's going to do with a book about war, which is undoubtedly the most serious of the subjects that she's taken on so far. So the one about cadavers is called Stiff. Uh, pretty much everything she's written has been great and fascinating. And that's Mary Roach. Uh, I, I can't imagine um, there's that chapter about the people who practice permanent makeup. Or oh, right, right. Yeah. On, uh, on actual heads. Like, mm -hmm. I can't imagine, like, if you sign up for, for beauty school, if you, like, realize that's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> that one was the, the creepiest, I think. Yeah, it's t I had forgotten that one. There are just so many great tidbits throughout all of her books. Um, so that's our show for new books this week and some anticipated authors whose previous books we've loved. What are you going to read now? I'm going to read The People in the Castle, Selected Strange Stories, um, published by the awesome Small Beer Press. And speaking of Kelly Link, she wrote the preface. Um, and if you're not familiar with Joan Aiken, she wrote The Wolves of Willoughby Chase, Beloved, oh, yeah. beloved books and like a hundred other books. Um, she's fantastic. She passed away in 2004, but this is a new collection of stories that Small Beer is putting out. Um, I put a photo of it up on Litzy the other day and everyone lost their mind. So <laughs> I'm really excited about how much interest there is in Joan Aiken still and how much people love her. Um, and again, it's called The People in the Castle Selected Strange Stories. What are you going to read? I think, um, well, I'm still trying to get back on track. So I'm reading for next week's show right now. I think I'm going to start with I Will Find You by Joanna Connors. Mm -hmm. uh, she is a journalist. And when she was 30 years old, she was on assignment and was held at knife point and raped by a stranger. She didn't talk about the experience really for 21 years until her daughter was about to go to college. Uh, and then they were out visiting one of the universities and the campus guide pointed out the blue lights uh, that are kind of all 
all over uh, campuses, all over the place now. There's safety lights where threatened students, if you're if you feel threatened or if you're being attacked, you can run to the blue light and pick up a phone that calls for help that will shortly or hopefully shortly arrive. Um, so she is thinking about how her daughter might have an experience like the one that she had. And she decides to tell her kids about her experience and then to go further than that and use her uh, journalistic expertise to track down the man who assaulted her and understand who he was, where he came from, who his friends were, uh, what his life was like. So I'm holding the book right now. It says, what she discovers stretches beyond one violent man's story and back into her own, interweaving a narrative about strength and survival with one about rape culture and violence in America. Um, so it doesn't sound light, but it sounds fascinating. And I'm going to give that a go. Awesome. Books, that, yay. Yay, books. Yay, reunited. Uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging <laughs> with us while I got, you know, I, I kind of felt like I had my training wheels back on today. No. <laughs> But I'll be back. I'll be like fully back in the saddle next week. Um, thanks again to Third Love for sponsoring this episode. You can go to thirdlove.com slash books to get your 30-day free trial with their 24-7 t-shirt bra, which is awesome. You can go to audible.com slash books for your free 30-day trial with Audible, and we'll be happy to give you or I'll be happy to give you recommendations uh, to get you started for audiobooks as well. Uh, you can drop us. Uh, oh, and also thank you to Burn Baby Burn. You can check uh, information out about that wherever books are sold. It's by Meg Medina or uh, look it up at the Candlewick Books website. Drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Occasionally, we have openings for advertising on this show. If you're interested in doing that, you can email advertising at bookriot.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rebecca Shinsky, S C H I N S K Y. Same handle on Instagram if you do want to see some pictures of my recent adventures. They're amazing. Liberty is at Miss Liberty. She's easy to find. And if you have a minute, if you like the show, if you would take a just a minute to rate or review it on iTunes. Uh, it lets us know how we're doing. More importantly, it helps other book lovers to find their way to this show and to grow our community. And again, we're just so thankful for all of you who have done that so far and who helped us become one of the first uh, podcasts to be featured on Spotify. So if you're a yeah, Spotify yeah. listener, you can check out all the books there too. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time because, wow, did we talk a lot today. <laughs> but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash listen. You can find all the books on that page as well as all our other fabulous podcasts. And you can find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Um, and can we talk about Litzy for a second? Oh, yeah. Talk about Litzy. I love Litzy. If you're if you're interested in Litzy, it's like a combination of Goodreads meets Instagram. Um, you can find me there. Download the app. My name is Liberty. First time ever. Got my own name in social media. Um, and you're Rebecca, right? Uh, I did my full name. I just do my full name everywhere. All right. Yeah, so Book check Riot us out there. there. Check out Litzy. It's so much fun. Check out Book Riot there. Um, and that's it. Welcome back. And Thank you. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.